The following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Coming down the aisle at a total combined weight of 471 pounds, Casey Cage, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Wrestling for the Faith. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Wrestling for the Faith. I am Casey Cage, along with my co-host, Chad Jackson, Riker, Lale. How you doing, brother? Great introduction, and I think uh, I think next time we'll do the Michael Buffer introduction, and we'll get this going the right way. I am great, man. I hope you are. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing pretty good. I was just kind of thinking, you know, how they used to. Well, they they still do, you know, uh, come on live on Raw or whatever. Used to be uh, Jr. and the King, you know, and and uh, yeah. hello everyone. I'm good old Jr. alongside Jerry the King Lawler and. Man, good old days. Anyway. Uh, dude, I know. So much different now, right? Uh, bro. But, hey, listen, I think uh, I think it's fitting that, uh, that we get started today and just mention, I think everybody listening knows what's going on in our nation. We can we can lift up some prayers for those those folks in Haiti who suffered this devastating, um, you know, earthquake, praying for those people over there, uh, but also praying for our fellow uh, believers. Not only that, but these innocent people that are in Afghanistan that are um, there's people dying for the faith, you know, dying for Jesus. Um, you know, and it's been very grieving on my spirit this this week. And I spoke to you about it, man, where Holy Spirit's just been like it's been weighing on my heart big time about, you know, it's really uh, just gosh, man, working on our relationship with Jesus. You know, you got people in Afghanistan over there dying you know, because they're Christians, because they have Bible app on their phone, because they have scripture on their phone, they're being executed for the gospel. And the Bible talks about it. And we're going to talk about it today as we continue to talk in Acts 5 about persecution. Uh, But it's real life. So I just want everybody listening to be sure we're praying for those believers over there, praying for that nation in general. Um, You know, it's, it's, uh, it's bad, man. It's really, really bad. And I'm just hoping that, that it's an eye opener. Um, our folks here in America to realize how truly lucky and blessed we are. Amen. Yeah. And, uh, man, you know, something that a lot of people think and, and you have, you've been in war, you've been over there. Uh, all of these people, even if they are of a different, uh, religious belief than us, they're not all bad. No, no. And, and that's what, you know, a lot of people, they'll, they'll be like, you know, Hey, I've heard people say, yeah, just turn the whole thing into a sand parking lot, man. It's not whether, even if they're not Christians, there's people over there who are not bad people. Just like here in America, there are people who are atheists or who are of a different religious background than we are, who are still good people. Man, I worked with so many Iraqis over over in Iraq. Uh, I never went to Afghanistan. I do have buddies that did uh, have buddies that made friends with the locals there. But I can say that working in Iraq with these majority of these folks were, you know, under slavery and all this stuff and dealing with, you know, worrying about being killed or whatnot. Dude, they just were happy to see friendly people. And I mean, they would bring us water. They would bring us food um, and all kinds of stuff, man. So there is good. Yeah. When I hear people say, Oh, just turn it into a sandbox. I'm like, Oh man, that's not, 
that's not how we're supposed to be speaking. You know, that's not what Jesus would, would say or would have said. Uh, so no, there's absolutely good people over there that are suffering right now. Um, like I said, it's been very, very, this just hard on me this week. Um, you know, just, just to see what's going on. And like I said, I hope that, uh, you know, it's eye opener here of how comfortable I believe we, uh, we as Christians can be where a Sunday we'll wake up and I'm like, Oh man, don't want to go to church today just because oh, I'm a little tired or, you know, this or that, um, you know, and, and people are our fellow believers over there dying for the gospel while we're sitting comfortably here at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's but, uh so let's pray for me. Yeah, we'll pray for him. And we'll, we'll just asking all of our listeners today, as we jump into acts five, which we're going to be talking about persecution boldness. Um, so, you know, just keep this uh, nation and that country in our prayers. Yeah, definitely. So acts chapter five, we kind of left off last week with, uh, with talking about Ananias and Sapphira. And uh, we were talking about how, Peter told them they lied to the Holy Spirit. They didn't just lie to Peter. They didn't just lie to the apostles. They lied to the Holy Spirit. And that's why they were both uh, struck dead. And Mm -hmm. that's a New Testament reference for, for those out there who don't understand that. That is New Testament. That is after the cross. That is under grace. And they were they were struck dead for lying to the Holy spirit. Um, and where we left off around verse 11, it says, so great fear came upon all the church and upon all who heard these things. So what happened with Ananias and Sapphira set an example and it let people know Yes, God loves us. He loved us enough to send Jesus to to die, to pay for our sins, to give us eternal life. But that don't mean that we can just live in a life of of lying to God and disrespect to God. Oh, no, you're right. And there's uh, such thing as grieving the Holy Spirit. We talked about that before. Uh, You know, when you're truly born again, you and I have said this. And it, and it goes, it goes for me that you, you, you don't enjoy living in sin. It doesn't mean you're sinless because we all sin, but you don't enjoy that sin. You're quickly convicted of things or you are, uh, you know, your, your heart's quickly burdened for other believers as we would just talk about Afghanistan. So you, you, that's just to me, a sure sign of knowing, Hey, if you're born again, truly born again, that that Holy spirit lives in you, that you don't want to live life in sin anymore. You're going to mess up. You're going to slip, you're going to fall, but you're going to quickly go, man, that is not what I'm supposed to be doing. That is not, that's the flesh. That's not the spirit father. You know what I'm saying? Take my hand. Let's try this again. Amen. Amen. And that's, that's the grace of our God because he's always there to take our hand and lift us back up. It's just like uh, when Peter stepped out on, on the water from the boat, And he's walking toward Jesus and starts looking around at the storm and begins to sink. He, he says, save me. And Jesus picks him up. That's, that's a lesson for, for all of us. We will mess up from time to time. It don't mean that we're living in a continual lifestyle of sin, but there's times where we mess up and all we have to do 
is run. We've talked about this before, but run to Jesus. Don't run away. Yeah. The right. enemy tries to tell you, you, you've messed up too much. Run away. No, run to Jesus. Jesus saved me. Jesus take my hand. And he's always faithful to do so. Oh yeah. Amen to that dude. You cannot, cannot run from, uh, you cannot run from God for too long before he will. He'll slow you down, man. He'll tell you, just look at King David. You can go through the whole Bible and look at different, <laughs> different characters of the Bible. King David, Saul, uh, so many others that, that tried to run. But, you know, for David, it was, it's, it's a lesson for me that he always had a heart for God. He always seeked God. And, and even when he messed up, he knew it and he would go after God. And that's just a lesson. Like he knew that he was, he was a mess up, but just to constantly seek after the Lord and build that relationship on, you know, on God. Um, you know, it's what we're truly meant to do. Amen. So we're read on here a little bit. Uh, begin chapter five, verse 12. We'll start there. It says, and through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were with one accord. There we go again. Yeah. How many times have we read it just in the book of Acts and we're only five chapters in, uh, they were all together in one accord in Solomon's porch, yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly, and believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Also, the multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. And they were, what's that word? All healed. Mm -hmm. All wow. healed. Yeah. I think we see a, um, we see something here of people's true faith and true belief, you know, belief or reliance on who Jesus was. They knew who Jesus was. They knew that these disciples walked with Christ. Um, we got a bunch of meat here that we're going to cover, I think, in this. But I just want to start off by saying that all these believers, yeah, all the believers who came with the unclean spirits and they were all healed, they had to have faith to be healed, you know, because uh, Jesus said somewhere in the Gospels that, you know, he left a certain area because of the lack of faith. You know, he did no miracles, not because he could not do miracles, but because of their lack of faith. So there's something to learn here, man, about just relying on Jesus no matter what. And, um, you know, you, uh, I guess, is there somewhere you want to start? Because if not, I could start a little bit on verse 13. Yeah, go ahead. So we see in verse 12 that many signs and wonders were regularly done uh, among the people by the hands of the apostles. So we got the, the Peter and John and, and all of them performing miracles as Jesus had told them they would. Verse 13, I dug a little bit into because I was kind of where it says, from my Bible, it says none of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And, uh, you know, we see the apostles performing these signs and miracles. And as it says that none of the rest dared join them. And I dug a little deep. I asked Dr. Brown, cause he's kind of my go-to theologian, if you will, uh, my dictionary, you know, <laughs> and, it, and it, he was mentioning to me. And, and as I dug into it with some commentaries, um, that it shows and it's kind of like today where we have Christians or you have believers who are on the outside kind of looking in, they listened, um, 
They wanted to be a part of this, but they didn't know if they wanted to dive headfirst and then go all in because at that time, and even now, man, um, they're afraid of ridicule. You know, you had these outsiders looking in who, who wanted to be a part of this, but they were afraid of what was going on because at that time, you know, there was, you know, the Christians were being murdered. Um, you know, they were being, uh, you know, whatever made fun of like people are now. So you had these outsiders looking in and that, that is the ones who says none of the rest dare join them. Uh, but they held these apostles in high esteem. So I think it's one of those things where they were like, Oh, we want to hear a little bit about Jesus, but do we want to dedicate our whole lives? Do we want to devote ourselves to him? And they, and they really didn't know. They kind of had, you know, cold feet about what they wanted to do. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, uh, there's several people like that. And, you know, Jesus said, and, and this a message to our brothers and sisters in Afghanistan and other, other countries where they're not free to worship Jesus as, as they wish. Uh, but Jesus said that we would be persecuted. Yeah. And in uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 10, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Uh, blessed are you when you, when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you and falsely uh, against you falsely for my sake, rejoice and be exceedingly glad for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So, I mean, there's going to be persecution, whether we're in one of those uh, countries or whether we're here. We don't suffer it near as much as they do, but there are so many who are here who refuse to take the persecution that we receive. And that's just, oh, well, look at these religious fanatics, all these Jesus freaks and this blah, blah, blah. You know, they don't even want to take that yet. They want to, they want to behind closed doors claim to be a Christian, but they won't be bold in their faith and be outward with their faith. Right. What happens if it does come to a time where we have to face the persecution that so many others are facing in the world? Yeah. You know, um, reading a good book right now about by Dr. Brown and he talks about, you know, the Columbine massacre back in 99 or whenever it was that, that time frame. And I remember in high school when this happening and there's a few, a uh, few of the kids that, you know, gave their life for Jesus. They were told deny Christ or else. And, and they didn't, they did not deny Christ. And it, it makes you wonder, like, if we have to face that in our time, what, what is going to happen? Cause you, you've been talking about the book of Matthew, but Matthew 10 33 says, but whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. That's deep. You know, yeah. that's very deep for me. That's deep for me to think that, you know, I here in America, we're really not persecuted uh, per se, like they are in Afghanistan and these other foreign places. Um, but how many, how many are hiding their faith because they're ashamed of someone going, Oh, you're one of those Jesus freaks or those one of the religious freaks or whatever you want to be called Bible thumper. I've been called all of them. Don't care. But you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot, there's a lot of, um, you know, men and women out there. I think that, uh, that we hear that today, let's, let's try and step out and be more bold. Like we're in a time that needs, 
uh, a revival, needs prayer, needs many prayer wars that we can get, uh, as many people proclaiming Jesus and sharing Jesus with love. There's, there's that stuff out there that where, you know, uh, others are not, not sharing biblical truth. Um, a lot of false prophecy going on out there, a lot of false doctrine being thrown around. And we've got to be sure. That's why we've got to be sure we're grounded in the word. And you sit here and read in Acts, you know, Peter and the disciples, they, they were, dude, they were grounded. They were grounded in Jesus. That was their cornerstone. Um, they knew their mission and they did not at any time, as you can see through this whole book, uh, through all the writings of Paul, as he's being persecuted, never once denied Jesus. You know, obviously Peter did when Jesus was going to the cross, but that's, you know, that's Peter was reborn, remade into this new create, you know, creation. So it's a lesson right. for us. Yeah. And, you know, going back to denying Jesus, um, uh, so many people and the Lord showed this to me uh, with personal experience. So many people, they think, well, just denying Jesus, that means if somebody puts a gun to your head and says, you know, deny Jesus or you die, you know, they say, oh, I, I would never deny Jesus. But there's so many who actually deny him by just simply the lifestyle that they live. Yeah, there you go. They deny him uh, when they claim to be a follower of Jesus. And they live unaccording to the word of God. Yeah. So, you know, that's something for us to, to think about. It's not always just saying, uh, no, I don't believe in Jesus. It's, it's actually you are, we talk about it all the time. Somebody is watching you. Your mm -hmm. life is preaching something to someone. And, you know, uh, I heard I heard a, a preacher say at one time, he said, whether you're the president or whether you're the homeless guy on the street, everyone influences someone. And, yeah. you know, are you leading those people to heaven or are you leading those people to hell? Yeah, and we don't like sure. to think about it like that because we don't want that responsibility. Mm -hmm. But that's the truth. We are in we're inspiring somebody no matter who we are. Yeah. And I think about the, the platform God's given me with, you know, my social media following, whatever. And, and I don't boast about it, but I could easily back in my twenties, you know, <laughs> when I was partying and doing my thing, had this huge platform. Uh, what if now I took that platform and all these, this youth that I talked to, or I put Jesus quotes up one day, but then during the weekend, you see pictures of me out partying and stuff. Mm -hmm. And the kids are going to go, Oh, well, it's okay to do that. Like you can be a good Christian and still do that. Then, then I'm leading people to hell. You know, I'm, right. I'm not using that platform. My heart isn't right with the Lord. You know what I mean? And that's um, really that conviction we're talking about. And just, you know, dude, you gotta, you gotta live it. You gotta show it once again, doesn't mean I don't slip up, mess up every day, but you know, I, I am quick to ask my wife for forgiveness. I'm very quick to ask the Lord, God, I'm so sorry. I said that, or I acted that way. Um, but it's really where, where your heart is. Cause there's many, I don't want to say heartless, but there is a lot of empty, there's a lot of empty, uh, empty spirits, maybe, you know, in the church in this day and time where they go just to feel good on a Sunday, then Monday through Saturday, they're, you know, squandering away. Right. Uh, do, do we want to pick up reading or you got anything else on those few verses that I already read there? 
No, verse 14, I'd like to say that, um, you know, the more it says, the more, excuse me, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. And I haven't really dove into the multitudes or how many, you know, if there's anything you can say about the numbers that were predicted here, but we see that regardless of the consequences for following Jesus and another lesson for us, regardless of our consequences for following Jesus, that many came to believe. And I think that's power in our testimony. Um, it's power in how we live, what you just talked about, how we share Jesus. Um, and, you know, regardless of the consequences, whether it be, did you hear stories of, you know, uh, teachers or whatever it may be, uh, entertainers losing their, their huge platform, losing movie deals, uh, losing contracts, all because they, they said, hey, I just want to thank my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And people's like, whoa, put up that red flag. Don't want to do that. You know, yeah. real quick, a story of, I heard a good story. I like the, the Christian rock group Skillet. The lead singer one time was doing an interview and they asked him, uh, you know, about their career and stuff like that. And, and he was talking about a record label or some producer said, Hey, you know, if you just quit like singing and talk about Jesus on stage, man, you guys could be one of the biggest rock groups ever. And he said, eh, it's not really what it's about for me, man. It's about sharing the gospel. And I was like, dude, that is amazing. And that's really what it's about, dude. They're, you know, we're all going to face those opportunities. I think that the Lord's going to put there and go, okay, do you really believe in me? Do you really love me? Are you that bold? And um, we have to know where we're going to stand when it happens. Yeah. I've always said, if you are sold out to God, you won't be sold out to the world. And, <laughs> Amen. You know, the, the fame and fortune that comes along with uh, so many of the lifestyles, you know, it's nice to know that there are people not selling out to the world. Um, I've heard plenty of testimonies like that. Brother, you're one. You're talking about the following that you have. And. Mm-hmm but not selling out to the world. And that's a, that's a great witness. Even, even the people who may not be saying anything, uh, they're watching and, and that's yeah. a great witness and people wouldn't understand why in the world do those guys, why, why are they so fanatical about this Jesus stuff? You know, if they yeah. would shut their mouth, they would probably, uh, you know, get bigger opportunities or this or that or the other but they wouldn't understand, you know, for the follower of Jesus, this life uh, is nothing but a platform to reach other people for Jesus. What we're looking forward to is eternity. Yeah. And we're talking about platforms here. And it just made me think of a conversation I had with a, of a buddy the other day of, of, you know, he was talking about, and I've heard this before where, where people would come to me and go, man, you got, a, you got a really cool platform. I, I wish I had that kind of platform for the gospel. And, and my reply is always, you do, you know what I mean? You just said it a minute ago, you can be the president or you can be the homeless guy on the street and however you use that platform that God's given you, you know, that's how you share the gospel. Whether for me, it's all the people on Twitter that I get a chance to put gospel stuff out to, I get to preach to the youth, I get to preach in some church groups here and there, but there may be a person that works within a small company or whatever, where that one day, or even for five years are speaking to one person about Christ, you know, and that, that one person's salvation means, you know, everything to Jesus. We've got to remember that you bring in one to Jesus and that's one more lost that, that 
you know, the heavens rejoicing over. So we all have a platform. It, it's going to be big. It's going to be small. Who knows in between, just like you got people who preach to big churches, big congregations. And then you got a pastor, like, you know, my pastor growing up in the church of God in Bethlehem, where it was, a, you know, 110 folks in the church, you know, on a Wednesday night, there was 20, but man, it was Holy spirit filled brother. You know what I mean? It was Holy spirit filled. And I remember just, uh, gosh, just the difference. And, you know, I get emotional talking about it, but it's just one of those things where we all have a platform, you know, no matter how big or how small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah. And, uh, I want to get to this because this, this is some more, some more that meet, but verse 17, uh, says, then the high priest rose up and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. So this tells us that people are not going to like people being bold for Jesus. And like we talked about, I believe we've already said it. Uh, when the church is persecuted, the church prospers, it grows. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and the Holy spirit, they, you know, just in acts uh, three and four here, and now getting into chapter five, the apostles have began uh, being under persecution and threats yet we see stuff like, uh, you know, people bringing people out just so Peter's shadow could pass by them and heal them. So, sure. I mean, even though they're being persecuted, the Holy Spirit is still moving. The Holy mm -hmm. Spirit is moving strong. And that, that's something for us to understand, too, as believers today, when we look out into the world, when we look at what's going on in Afghanistan, when we see things rising up here in our own nation that don't look good, uh, that's something when you go through the book of Acts, there's persecution and there's revival. Yeah. And so. So when the, when the church is squeezed, you know, you can't have orange juice unless you squeeze the orange. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, when the church is being squeezed, when the church is being persecuted, uh, then the Holy spirit is going to move. And, mm -hmm. and we see that all through the book of Acts. Yeah. I think we have to remember too, that the church uh, is us. The church isn't, you know, some, as a kid, I was saying, Oh, I'm going to church. You know, I didn't think consideration that as I'm studying the Bible, like I do now, like we are the church. Right. Church. It's not a building. It's not, we're not, you know, confined to, uh, you know, four square walls or whatever. And that's it. When we leave there, like there's no more church or if they shut our buildings down and then you're like, Oh, what are we going to do now? I think the past year, year and some change has, has shaken the church to realize that we are meant to go out and preach the gospel. You know what I mean? That uh, we're going to be persecuted in different ways, you know, not being murdered like those over in uh, Afghanistan right now per se, but trying to silence, uh, trying to shut the church down, close the doors. Um, but just like in verse 19, it says, but during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. So, hey, church, church doors were shut last year. 
And my pastor was big about saying, that's fine. We'll go out, start preaching the gospel on the streets. We'll go out. We'll start, um, you know, going to, to, um, you know, uh, whatever prisons or talking to homeless people or doing stuff for the city. Can't keep us from doing that. So it's just a lesson there that we have to remember, uh, you know, our, our, the gospel, that word of life is an everyday thing for us to share. Amen. Amen. Verse 21. And when they heard that they entered the temple early in the morning and taught, but the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to prison, sent to the prison to have them brought. It's just, it's amazing to me. Now we know an angel of the Lord comes and opens the door and tells them to go and keep preaching. Can you just imagine this though? This is the second or third time that they've been, they've been brought before leaders or thrown in prison and they get out and go back get out and yep. go back to doing exactly what they, you know, so told some, not to do. some people would, would say, um, when are you going to get a clue? But yep. when you have the Holy spirit living on the inside of you and you have, you have crucified your life with Christ and you realize that my life is all about sharing Jesus, then yeah, we'll, we'll do radical things. Yeah, it's being persistent, man. Like you, you um, being persistent in the gospel, being persistent and knowing that, you know, no prison, no suffering, no lonely desert, nothing is out of the reach of Jesus, that he's going to uh, allow us to go through these storms. Um, he's not necessarily going to cause these storms. Like sometimes our sinful nature causes them. Sometimes others, you know, sinful nature causes these storms that we go through. But if we, to me, if we stay persistent, and seeking Christ and knowing that, you know, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Um, dude, it's, it's so crazy to see, like, you're right. They just kept getting put back in prison, kept getting released, kept getting put back in prison. You know, the, the gospel just kept flourishing during this time. And it's just incredible for me to sit here and, and read um, how the Sadducees were, they were, I mean, these high priests, man, they were, uh, they were, uh, they were not happy about this because it challenged them. It challenged their power. They were like, wait a minute, people aren't worshiping us anymore. Right. They're worshiping this Jesus. You know what I mean? And that's the thing we have to remember, man, dude, just they were challenged. So they were doing all they could to, to stop the gospel, which is another proof for me. You know, I talk, people ask me sometimes like, why do you believe there's a God? Uh, well, not only the word of God just penetrates my heart and I can feel it. But when you see stuff like this, these men, you know, who uh, walked with Jesus they continue to be told, if you don't shut your mouth, we're going to kill you. What did they do? Dude, they kept proclaiming the gospel. They're not going to do that for something that was not real. Amen. For, for a savior, yeah, for a savior that was not real. And it's just same thing. Uh, you know, me and a buddy talk about these these Christians in Afghanistan. Dude, if if it wasn't real to them, they would be quick to go, okay, well, we don't believe. It's okay, like, you know, please don't kill us, kind of thing. Uh, you know, and it's just, so it's another proof of the, the, just the persecution of Christians, man, is a proof of God for me. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, it's powerful, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. I'd like to get through a couple of more verses. I think some of this is fun. Yeah, uh, sure. Let's see. 
verse uh, 22, but when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported saying, indeed, we we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside, but the doors are before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the high priest, the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them saying, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. (laughs) Yep. Yep. Then, then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence for they feared the people lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council and the high priest asked them saying, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name and look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. Oh yeah, man. And verse 29, but Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Amen. That's that is that is powerful, man. But can you it imagine is. the look on the people's faces? Uh, <laughs> they said, look, the men who you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Just right. the astonishment. And, and the I mean, think about these people thinking, do they know who I am who put sure. them in prison? What are they thinking? Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't shake them one bit, man. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible for me to to think about. And that's probably why you got to think a lot of these men and women came, the multitudes of men and women, as we go back to verse 14, came to believe who this Jesus was because they saw the, um, the incredible boldness of, of Peter and the others, even though they were being threatened and, uh, you know, beaten or whatnot, they, they saw that, uh, dude, even getting out of prison, they were still standing there preaching. And then, you know, Peter's boldness of saying, we must obey God rather than men. You know, it's, it's just, dude, it's, I know there's so much humor in the Bible. Sometimes you're sitting there thinking it's so funny. Uh, these, these Sadducees and the high priests and stuff, they were so perplexed. I'm sure of like, what is going on here? You know what I mean? And, um, the, I got a little note. My Bible says the officials were not as worried about the apostles escape as they were about the impact it might have on the people in Jerusalem for followers of the risen Christ to claim his power on their behalf would only throw fuel on the fire of their passion. So, you know, they, first of all, they thought they escaped prison. So these guys were these, these high priests and and such were, you know, not believing that some miraculous power freedom, they were just like, all these guys escaped and they continued to preach the gospel. Um, But man, it it, it fueled that, that fire and, and just sharing Jesus with boldness. Amen. Definitely. So what have we learned today? If you're being persecuted, keep on pressing forward. Keep preaching Jesus. (laughs) Amen, man. And it is, you know, we're, and we're not uh, treading lightly on anything that's going on in Afghanistan. I just want people to know that here in the States, I mean, we are going to be persecuted uh, by how we're treated in work or society or social media or whatever it may be but keep pressing forward because, you know, the end result um, of, of stepping into the presence of the almighty God one day is, is 
you know, worth so much. It's worth so much. It's worth that persecution. Um, and, I, and I'm fair to say that for men like Paul throughout the Bible, it's, it, it was worth that death also, you know, yeah, to meet Jesus. And, you know, I've said it before. I pray that it never happens, but I do, yeah. I do feel that there will come a day, even in our nation, where we will face intense persecution as yeah. believers in Jesus. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that to try to scare anybody, uh, but I do believe. And listen, I love this country, but a lot of us are, we've talked about it, complacent and arrogant. Mm. So many people. I remember hearing people say all of my life before 9-11 happened, oh, there'll never be anybody attack us on our own soul. Oh, yeah. You know, so we cannot be arrogant and we cannot be passive about this because there very well may come a time where we're enduring the exact same kind of persecution as our brothers and sisters are in Afghanistan and other countries around the world right now. So right. we need to be serious about knowing Jesus, knowing the word and because if we don't have that in our hearts and if we're not depending on the Holy spirit, uh, we're going to be shaken when these things come. Oh yeah. You know, so that's, that's why it's so important to know and understand the word of God. And, and like the Bible says, hide it in your heart, let it be hidden in your heart. You mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. There may come a time where they take all the Bibles but if yeah. we know the word and we have it hidden in our heart, they can't take it out of our heart. No, you're right. And, and um, that's why it's important to be in that word every day and to know, know God's word. Just like, like we said, if they come and take them and if that word is, is embedded in our heart and embedded in our minds and, and we live our life based on the word, uh, they'll never be able to take the word of God from us. Never, ever. And, you know, it's uh, I think it's been eye opening. It's been on my spirit this week, but I've had a couple of buddies that have contacted me who have over the past month or two talked about their, you know, their relationship with Jesus, wanting to build their relationship. And uh, they said that, that all this stuff going on right now, they, they, they realize that they take it too lightly sometimes. And I said, Hey man, I tell them, look, there's mornings I wake up where I feel like maybe I take it too lightly. Um, but it's a daily daily relationship. And I said it before and I'll say it again. I can say it every time we do this podcast, that it's just like my relationship with my wife. If I wake up one morning and I'm like, I don't feel like talking to my wife today. Well, that's just not how a relationship works. Is it? You know what I mean? There's some yeah. mornings you're going to wake up and you, the flesh is like, golly, I'm really tired. I don't want to read the word, but once you get into it, Jesus is going to refresh your heart. He's going to refresh your spirit. That word's going to refresh it. It's just building, building on top of it, man. And it's just building that, that, that true foundation on, on the word of God. So just, if you're listening to this and you feel like, Hey man, this has stirred my spirit to really dive into my relationship with Jesus. Take it a day at a time. Don't try and, you know, think you have to read the whole Bible in a year. I've got to where I'm just working on one book. And if that one book takes me a month or six months, well, man, what I'm going to learn in that one book is going to be something that's going to build that foundation and continue to build that foundation. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll leave it at, leave it at that brother. 
I, I believe that's a great place to close this episode out, brother. Um, as we always tell the people, if you have any prayer requests, questions, thoughts, or comments, feel free to email us at wrestlingforthefaith at gmail.com. Uh, I am real Casey Cage on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, Instagram and Twitter. You are yep. at Jackson Riker WWE Instagram yep. and Twitter as well. Yeah, and I do have a and and I do have a YouTube page. If anybody wants, to, I do little daily devotionals most days. Uh, just look up Chad Lail L A I L, and uh, you know we'll throw we'll throw some little maybe Casey and I'll do a little morning devotional in there together sometime. Hey, there you go. Yeah, man. All right. All right. Well, guys, we love you. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for sharing it. Thank you for your prayers and support. God bless you. Wrestling for the Faith is now available on YouTube. Just go to YouTube.com and search Wrestling for the Faith.